from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt here inside of Monday, April 30th. Thank you so much for tuning in today and every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Once again, on the live stream, mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. And on wakeupcalldt.com where the live stream streams live. There you go. (laughs) Make it easy. The live stream streams live on wakeupcalldt.com. But it does right there. You can get the embedded player of MixLR on the homepage on wakeupcalldt.com. Or you can come directly by going to mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. And those of you that go direct, you become a member for free. And by becoming a member, you'll have two awesome things that happen every single show. You'll be emailed when the show goes live, so you'll never miss a live show again. You open your email, you click to listen, and that's all you got to do. And you'll be able to speak with me in the live chat room as well when the show goes live. So make sure that you're doing that here with mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. I appreciate that. And that is some background music and love. For Syracuse FC folks, that's happening right now. So I want to thank you for listening into the show and, and being a part of the show always and for all that you do to connect with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. I truly appreciate it. I hope you had a phenomenal weekend. Hope everything went well for you and that you enjoy have you you've have been enjoying hopefully some good weather. We had some weird weather yesterday. Had some snow yesterday. <laughs> Snow again, folks. It's always snowing. I don't I don't understand. I don't know what to tell you, but it seems to always be snowing when it comes to central New York. And we it is April 29th. It's snowed. So it's been an interesting road to get to where we are today. The snow has not gone away. I feel like I'm getting ready for March Madness in the Super Bowl more than I'm getting ready for the NFL offseason training camp and so on and so forth. So I just wanted to, you know, tell you all if you've been dealing with bad weather like we have, know that it's going to go away eventually. And and God gave us a beautiful day in Albany that I'm going to talk about in just a moment. But let's hop into the morning menu and I'll let you know what's coming up today and we'll go from there. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu, that is, live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. The morning menu of today's show, April 30th, here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We're going to start things off with speaking on a nice opportunity that I got to do and something I had the opportunity of being a part of. We're going to discuss that in just a little bit here, what I did over the weekend on Saturday and on Sunday that were so special and meant so much to me inside of the community. And then we'll go from there and speak on the NFL draft, my analysis of what went on, what happened, did teams get what they needed inside of the NFL draft, in my opinion, and and who, 
who stunned me, who, you know, who is strange to me. So we'll take a look at, at what happened inside of the NFL draft. We'll go from there with this, and we'll also have at 10 a.m. Eastern time, we'll have Irv Phillips joining me. I got to break the news, and crazy, it went viral, but I got to break the news on, on what happened with Irv Phillips, that he has the opportunity of going and playing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, signing as an undrafted free agent. So he'll be on the show to discuss that and so much more in just a little while here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. So I'm very excited about that. So inside of today's show on Monday, April 30th, 2018, we will first and foremost be discussing what I did over the weekend. Then we'll move into the NFL draft analysis, which we're going to be doing all week long. So we'll get started with that, and we'll have Herb Phillips come on to the show and spend some time with me in just a little while here at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Like I said, Wake Up Call got to break the news that he was going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and now we will have the opportunity to have an interview you won't hear anywhere else as we continue to bring you that constant updates and special exclusive content that Wake Up Call is so proud of. And make sure that you're always listening and always staying in touch with all that is Wake Up Call on wakeupcalldt.com. So, what happened over the weekend? Well, on Saturday, when the day was beautiful, they told us that the day was going to be ugly. They told us that it was going to rain and snow and this and that and the other thing. Well, I went out to Albany on Saturday, and I went to go see my cousin, Samantha Tortora, for everybody that asks, are you related to Sam? And it's always yes, because she's my cousin. Because there's, how is Tortora a common name? So, yes, we are cousins, and I went out to see Sammy and spend some time with her. And I went out with her dad, Derek, my cousin, and we went to go see her play in Albany against the number one team in the nation. The number one team in the country is what we went out to do. So we went to see her play Stony Brook, number one team in the America East, number one team in the entire nation. And we went to go see them play Albany, the Great Danes, against Stony Brook. And the game was, it was, you know, in the first half, the game was close. The game was tight. And it was it was really cool, in all honesty, to, to watch this because they hung tough with this. And a lot of the goals that were going on in this game were ones that had to do with uh, with penalties when we talk about Stony Brook. So the number one team in the nation, the game was literally within just a couple goals. If, if you took the penalties away, it was almost a tie game at the break. And I know some penalties happen, and then other penalties you kind of shake your head a little bit and say the number one team in the nation doesn't really need the help of the officials. And, you know, if you, if you took away, I think it was five of their goals, something ridiculous, the game would have been within one, if not even, at the half. So, and, and the goals that Albany went after, those were very, very difficult goals, hard-fought goals that they went after in this game. And to hang with the number one team in the nation going into the break was awesome because of what they were doing and, and just how they were doing it and just how Albany was playing against them. You know, like I said, Penalty shots for the number one team in the nation, it's automatic. I mean, they literally, they just lock in. You give them a penalty shot, they take that they take that shot. It doesn't matter who's going up again. I mean, there's a reason why they're the number one team in the nation. So they made those shots. 
and Albany kept responding and kept doing things. And and at the break, you know, it was I believe it was twelve to six. They were halfway there, but their the game was a lot closer than that as we went through. They were down by three goals in the first half and kept this game relatively close. At the end of the game, it ended up being twenty one eight in favor of Stony Brook, who literally had a goal early on in the second half and then just kept on the offensive and scored four in a row. And it was it was just, I mean, they did. They put on a, a little bit of a clinic toward the end of the game, taking the wind out of the sails a little bit for Albany. But in this first half, Albany stuck with them. And Albany can go back and watch this film and know that Albany is going to be inside of this you know, Albany is going to be inside of the playoffs for the America East, and so is New Hampshire and Binghamton and Stony Brook. And Stony Brook, I believe, is playing New Hampshire, and, and Albany is playing Binghamton. If Albany and Stony Brook win, then they'll have the opportunity of going up against each other once again, and they're going to be doing that down on Long Island. So it'll be a very interesting opportunity to see them again right after you watch film on what you did because, like I said, in the first half of this game, there was a lot for Albany to be proud of and a lot for Albany to be excited about on the women's lacrosse side. As far as the eight goals that they scored, my cousin Samantha Tortora, had she accounted for six of the eight goals scored. Six of the eight goals against the number one team in America. Not the number one team in the America East. Not the number one team in the state of New York. The number one team in the United States of America, Stony Brook for women's lacrosse, in the nation. Samantha Tortora had five assists and one goal, accounting for six of the eight goals scored against the best team in the country. As a sophomore. A true sophomore. I would call that a pretty good day, despite the loss. So a lot to be proud of. She can't stand losing. She's a competitor. And I respect her for that. I respect her for, you know, saying, yeah, it's great that we that I was able to do some things against them, but I wanted to win. And I respect that. And I understand that wholeheartedly and fully. And now they got to move forward from here and, and face off against Binghamton and do what they need to do against Binghamton to have another look at Stony Brook. And, you know, automatic qualifier, if you win your conference, you make it to the tournament. So if they find a way to win their conference, they're in the tournament. They have to go through Binghamton and probably Stony Brook in order to do that. But if they were to do that, there's something awesome that could come from that. So, you know, Samantha Tatora lives to play another day this season and has some work to do. But I just want to make a quick note of, of the fact that Albany stuck with them. And, you know, people say, oh, everybody can stick with them for a half this day. If you watch Stony Brook play, women's lacrosse, if you watch them play on the field, this team is not an easy team to do anything against. You have to make sharp passes at the most perfect time to score the ball. Where they're doing things all over, they're doing behind the back, they're coming around and just swooping the ball in. The plays that they made, the shots that they took were absolutely undeniably amazing. And you give credit where credit is due. So the fact that Albany could hang with them for a half and then you take away some of those penalties that were kind of like, mm, were they penalties or were they good defense? This game is even closer at halftime. Because that's that's the way you got to look at it. Albany had hard-fought goals. Stony Brook had the majority of their goals penalty shots in the first half, like half of them. So you look at that. Look at what Albany had to do to score their goals and then look at a penalty shot, which is like taking a free throw. And that 
to me, showed where Albany was in that first half. And in the second half, you know, there was adjustments made by Stony Brook. They came out firing on all cylinders. That's where you got to be prepared. So they know what they got to do moving forward. They have an opportunity to make something of themselves moving forward, speaking on Albany. But this is a team that went on a winning streak, pushed themselves into a great position. I mean, I'm going to go to Albany's schedule right now and let you know what was going down this season. They started. They have sophomores and freshmen on the team. That's who they have on this team, sophomores and freshmen for the Great Danes that my cousin Samantha Tortora plays on. They started off this season against the top 25-ranked Yale and lost that game 12-10. to They faced Syracuse, who was ranked 4th and 5th, depending on what poll you were looking at. Or pardon me, Albany was ranked in the top 25 and played Yale. Pardon me on that one, and they lost 12-10. to Then they played up against Syracuse, who was ranked in the top 5. They lost that game 19-12. to Then they played Bryant and lost that game. Then they get a loss against Dartmouth. A game gets canceled against Bucknell. They lose against Connecticut. They lose against Penn State. They lose against UC Davis. So they start off the season 0-7. Since then, oh, and they lost to Fred, or they, pardon me. So they start off the season 0-7. Then they take on Fresno State, beat them. Hartford, beat them. Binghamton, beat them. Vermont, beat them. UMBC, beat them. UMass Lowell, beat them. Notre Dame, beat them. New Hampshire, beat them. Samantha Tortora and the Albany Great Danes started off their women's lacrosse season 0-7 and then went 8-0. A total flip and then some from the first half to the second half of the season before playing Stony Brook and now are 8-8. They will have a matchup in Stony Brook, New York in the America East Tournament at 7 p.m. on Friday, May 4th. May the 4th be with you, Star Wars Day, against Binghamton, the Bearcats. They have that matchup for the opportunity to move on. And in the America, it's just the final four. So Albany faces Binghamton, New Hampshire faces Stony Brook. Whoever wins those games face each other for the opportunity to win the tournament of the America East and have an automatic qualifier to the NCAA tournament for D1. So there's a lot on the table right now. But to look at this season and look at the freshmen and sophomores of the Albany Great Danes start off 0-7, then go 8-0, and and then hang with Stony Brook for a half. They're heading in 8-8, and and they're a dangerous team that nobody can overlook, and probably a lot of people did. When you start off 0-7, it's easy to be overlooked, and people probably have done that. But now we look at the opportunity that they have in front of them and what they can be from here on forward, and I'm hoping the best for this run by Albany to see what they can do because they impressed me. They impressed me. The weather was beautiful. It was a great, great stadium. Wonderful atmosphere. I'd never been on campus before at Albany. I had thought about potentially going to Albany for school, but I'd never been on their campus. So, I mean, I went and visited the College of St. Rose, and then Albany was kind of a thought. One of my buddies went to Albany. It was a wonderful experience. And to see your cousin account for six goals either by a sister by scoring her scoring them herself six out of eight goals against the number one team in the nation. I was already proud of her. That just put some more icing on the cake. 
So congratulations to Samantha Tortora for the work that she has done. It's very weird for me as a broadcaster. And and I always say, you know, being a broadcaster, you have to be impartial. So it's, you know, how do you talk about your family and whatnot? Listen, if I was not related to Samantha Tortora and you told me that somebody at Albany or anywhere accounted for six out of eight goals against the number one team in the nation, had more than half that she was connected to, I'm going to give her credit. So that's how I look at impartiality. Of course, I'm proud of her as family. But look at the statistics. Look at what she did at CNS on the basketball court and on the lacrosse field. Look at what she did in Albany as a true freshman. Look at what she's doing in Albany as a sophomore. She scored five goals herself to keep the team on an eight-game winning streak. They beat Notre Dame. So the impartiality is right there in front of you. If I was Bob Smith, I would tell you Samantha Tortora is a hell of a lacrosse player. And for people that don't really know lacrosse or pay attention to it, go to one of these games and watch it. Watch it when the when the top two teams are facing off against each other. Watch it when it's Stony Brook against Albany, two teams that hadn't lost in their conference. Watch games like that, and you'll learn something, and you'll get something out of it. It was a great game. And like I said, the score doesn't adequately. If you just look at the score and say 21-8, oh, they, they bowled over them. No. That game was a game for a while. It was exciting. It was entertaining. And Samantha Tortora put on a clinic as a sophomore because she wants Stony Brook to know she's got this year and two more years. Stony Brook, that gives gives at least three more opportunities potentially for Albany to beat them because she doesn't like to lose. So much respect. We'll take a step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Shout out to the Great Danes for the work that they did and for being the number two seed inside of the America East Tournament. They got a lot of work to do moving forward, but they have an opportunity to make this a very, very special continuation of the season. We'll take a step aside. We'll come back to let you know what went on yesterday in the community that you should care about inside of Central New York, and then we will get into the NFL Draft Analysis team by team in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, 
drysiglady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT. Hope you're all having a great day and enjoying the beginning to your week. Everybody's like, oh, Monday. Why? Monday's another day to be alive. It's another day to go out and live your dreams, be with the people that you love, and spend time making the world a better place. Why would you dislike Monday? It's another day to make another great decision, another step forward, another opportunity for you to be amazing. So say hi to Monday every day and be good to Monday, or say hi to Monday every week, I should say, and be good to Monday. Be good to Monday. Monday didn't do anything to you. Be good to Monday. You know, we do what we're conditioned to do unless we have the will to change that. And we all do. We think we don't, but we all do have the will to change that. We just need to fight. So you have the will to change what Monday means. So change it. Because I love Monday. Monday was an opportunity for me to talk about the success on the field of my cousin against the top team in the nation. To have pride in that and appreciation in that for seeing her play live and and what she did and how she did it. It was amazing. Top that off with what I got to do yesterday, which was be part of the second annual Step Up for Kids. Got to MC the event, play some music, got to be a DJ for the day. DJ Scribbles. I wasn't DJ Scribbles. That's not my actual name. I was kidding. I was Dan Tortora yesterday, but... I got to do the event, and the event means the world to me because it's, number one, it's run by Melissa and Nadia, wonderful people, and they care so much about the community, and they want to do special things within the community, and so that goes such a long way. So, you know, I give them a lot of respect for the work that they have done and how they've done it. And it's a race. You know, it's an opportunity. Melissa Luke Wenham and Nadia Lamana Sai are both running this jointly together, partners in this. And they do a phenomenal job. They do an absolutely amazing job, Melissa and Nadia do, in putting this together. They couple it with McMahon Ryan Child Advocacy Center and BACA, Bikers Against Child Abuse. 
and they've, I mean, Geico is out there. They, they did, they did an amazing event. It's, you know, there's a kid's race and there's an adult race and they give away prizes and whatnot for this race. But ultimately it is to raise awareness and bring everybody together in the community to stand against child abuse. And like I said to the runners yesterday, remember who you're running for and remember what you're running toward a better and safer central New York. And that over a thousand children were helped by McMahon Ryan Child Advocacy Center within 2017. Over a thousand children abused in some way, shape, or form. And we want that number to be zero. Okay, that number was 600 not too long ago. Somehow 400 got added on top of that. The numbers need to diminish. The numbers need to go away. Yeah, you know, like they said jokingly, they're like, it would put us all out of a job. But that would be okay. Because to be a cop, it's because you're protecting something, right? That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to protect, to serve and protect, right? But if but if there weren't bad people out there doing bad things, you wouldn't have to, you know? The lawyers wouldn't have to go to court if there weren't people breaking the law. And people wouldn't have to hear the stories of children and their families if people weren't abusing them. So our place, our home can get better. Think about that. Over a thousand children abused in 2017 right here on our stomping grounds, right here in central New York, where you live around your corner, down your street, in your neighborhood, potentially, they were affected. So Nadia and Melissa, an amazing message would stand up or it would step up for kids. Or we get to stand up for children. And to be an MC and to play some music to get people pumped up and to say a few words, it's not about me. It's fun. I love being there because I love the message and I love who it's for. And I, I have a lot of fun and I get to dance around and have a good time. But the message of what they're doing is what's amazing. So it's not, it's not about me. It's not about wake up call. I didn't hang any signs or anything there. Cause it's not about that. It's about helping the kids. And I want to thank Baca for being out there. Bikers against child abuse. I want to thank Geico for being out there. I want to thank Outback Steakhouse, everybody that was out there. These aren't my partners. I don't work with them. But the thing is they came out and they did this and, and I could work with them in the future. Who knows? But to see that they're doing these things in the community and helping out and all the volunteers that they had is is amazing and it's special and it's something great so i want to thank nadia and melissa here on the show here on wake up call with dan tortora because playing a little bit of music and getting to hang out with the community for an event like this means the world to me so i just wanted to say thank you and that if you ever need me again i'm here so i appreciate it greatly and i got to end i i get to pick the playlist so obviously we play clean songs we play songs that people know and at the end, I played one final song, and it was by Callaway. And the song by Callaway was I Want to Be Rich. And the reason why I played it is because it has a special message. But the reason why I played it, even more so than that, is because it was my grandfather's favorite song, my grandpa Cavino. So I played the song for you, Pop. And you know that because you were there with me when I did it and in spirit. And it just meant the world that that was a song that, that I got to play out to. 
I want to be rich. And I had one of the guys from Baca dancing, which that made my day because I was like, wow, somebody else knows this song. But it's a special message. He keeps saying, I want to be rich. I want a pie in the sky. I want to be rich. And then there's a hook. There's a twist. It's like a movie. There's a big twist because you keep thinking, okay, he wants to be rich. He wants jewelry. He wants gold. He wants money. No, 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 no. The pie in the sky, heaven. I want to be rich, the lyrics, comma, full of love, peace, and happiness. So think about what you're trying to be rich in. Think about what matters. I want to be rich, full of love, peace, and happiness. That's what it's all about. So thank you to Melissa. Thank you to Nadia. Thank you to Step Up for Kids for being awesome. I appreciate it very much so. And like I said, you need me, you got me. I hope that I get to be there. God bless y'all. And I appreciate it very much for everything that we got to do to play some music and have some fun. To see the community come out when it's 36 degrees outside and snow raining. Snaining. Okay, give it an angry word because it's mean. Snaining. (laughs) That's what it was doing. But we had a great time. I couldn't be happier to be out there. You know, people, oh, Danny, it was so cold outside. Who cares? Who cares it was cold outside? Who cares? We're there to have fun, right? We're there to support the kids. Rain or shine, volcano, tornado, whatever, we're out there. That's what we do. Because God provides. And something tells me if there was a tornado during an event to help children, that's what he would either put us all in the eye of it where it's safe, or he'd make it blow away. Because that's what God does. You don't believe it? Look back at your life at a time where you thought something was impossible and it worked out. We've all had those moments. We have all, each of us, had a moment where we said, there's no way in heck we're going to get out of this thing. And we did. Figure out how you did. Tell me that there wasn't a little divine intervention. A little bit of God and a little bit of love. He's there. You just got to look. Simple as that. Or she's there, however you want to. I don't believe God's a he or a she, but people, you know, you say he because that's where you grow up here and in church and whatnot. But God is there. And he's not going away. And if I could tell you anything about God, it's that you see him when you help at events like this. When you see these kids, you see him 100%. 100%. So thank you to everybody that came out and helped the community. And helped out Nadia's message and Melissa's message. Because it went such a long way. So thank you to each and every single one of you for what you've done. It was amazing. It was a great event as always. And I had fun as always. And I look forward to it as always again. (laughs) So thank you. With that being said, let's move forward here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and WakeUpCallDT.com. Your one-stop sports shop and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. The NFL draft may be over, but the the conversation surely is just getting started. So, with that being said, let's look at what each team did. We're going to be discussing, analyzing, dissecting, digesting the NFL draft throughout this entire week. And we're going to start that today. So, looking team by team at what I think these teams did compared to what they need, the Arizona Cardinals drafted Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen made the comment that the Arizona Cardinals 
after drafting him at number 10, that there were nine teams that had made mistakes before him. There were nine mistakes before him. Big words. Nine mistakes. If you got drafted before Josh Rosen, you were a mistake. If you were a child in the family of Josh Rosen and your mom had 10 kids, nine of them were mistakes. But he was on purpose. That's that's essentially what, what's going down here. This is what he said. There were nine mistakes before me. Nine. Then he changed his mind a little bit and he said, well, there wasn't nine mistakes before me. Technically, there wasn't nine mistakes before me. There was just three mistakes before me. Because Josh Allen was selected number seventh overall above Rosen and going to the Bills when they traded to get there with the Titans. And then the Giants, or pardon me, the Browns picked Baker Mayfield out of Oklahoma, number one overall. And then the Jets, number three overall, picked Sam Darnold out of USC. The Jets years ago picked Mark Sanchez out of USC. Now they're trying again with USC with Sam Darnold, who some people say was the safest bet in the draft. We'll wait and see what happens. So, Josh Rosen going to the Arizona Cardinals saying, it was a mistake. Nine mistakes before me. No, 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 no. Scratch that. Three mistakes before me. Every quarterback that was taken before me, that ain't right. Why? Because I'm the best. Well, I appreciate the confidence. I don't think that Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, or Baker Mayfield appreciate the disrespect, but there's two sides to that coin. There's the, wow, that's ballsy to say. That's some confidence. And then there's, well, it's kind of a jerk thing to say to the other guys that got drafted who it's not their fault they got drafted above you. Somebody thought they were better. That was it. Go out and perform. You know what? The only thing that matters is show them. Show them. If you're the best, okay. If you're the best and go out and do your best. You hoist that Super Bowl trophy, okay. There we are. You're the best. Best in the country. Nobody can take that away. People hate Eli Manning. What have you done for me lately? He's got two Super Bowl rings. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. He has two Super Bowl rings. What do you have? None, probably. So shut your mouth. Eli Manning is not potentially what he used to be. He also last year played without any wide receivers, no running game, and no offensive line. So if you're a quarterback playing a game by yourself that's supposed to have 11 people on the field, not one against 11, it's not that easy. It's not that easy to be an NFL quarterback. It's not that easy to be an NFL quarterback with no protection, no running back help, and a bunch of wide receivers that are not playing. It's not healthy. See, nobody gave Jacksonville any, you know, they didn't give him a Snickers and say, go sit in the corner, it's okay, you guys don't have a line, we understand. Nobody understood. They said Jacksonville sucked. And that's what people are saying about the Giants now. Giants suck. They're awful. Oh, my God. They're terrible. How would you play if you had nothing? How would you play if you're Eli Manning and you had nothing? The protection thing, that's the issue. The protection is the issue. I'm concerned about Saquon Barkley because, yeah, arguably he's the best player in the draft. But who in the F is going to block for him? You pick up a guy here and there in the draft, but where are your veterans? Who's going to make this happen? Who's going to shore up this line? This may take a couple drafts to get the right pieces in there to block for Saquon Barkley. They get an offensive guard, Will Hernandez, in the second round, second overall from UTEP. Second overall in the second round, so technically the 34th pick overall. That's what I meant. 
They picked up another quarterback, Kyle Lauletta. The Giants did. So they have Kyle Lauletta, Eli Manning, who's maybe two more seasons, and they have Davis Webb, who they drafted last year. So they only got one offensive lineman. One. That's it. One offensive lineman. And if you look at the Giants' depth chart and what they have right now, outside of drafting that one offensive lineman, the Giants trying to make moves and trying to bring some guys in here and trying to make some things happen. Will Hernandez fell a little bit, but they got him. And then the rest on the offensive line, we take a look at it. They got Nate Solder from the New England Patriots, who is now going to be their starting left tackle. That's some good news. They got Patrick Omame, who was supposed to be re-signed by the Jaguars, but then he was let go. He was a starter for the Jags. They needed some more help there. He he was a guy that I thought that they were looking to potentially replace, and they are because he's not on the team anymore. So Patrick Omame is now moving on to the Giants. They still have Eric Flowers at right tackle. That's been an issue. They drafted him in the first round, ninth overall. They have Brett Jones under center, who is a free agent from the CFL back in 2015. And they have a free agent out of Miami, John Jerry, who was there. So we're looking at John Jerry potentially being replaced by Will Hernandez. So you're looking at Nate Solder, Will Hernandez, Brett Jones in the center right now, Patrick Omame as their right guard, and Eric Flowers still as a starting tackle for the team. To see what they could do. Like I said, it'll, it'll, you know, this is this is gonna lean on Nate Solder. That's a big part, the blind spot for the quarterback covering their blind side. So that's a big addition, potentially. Patrick Omame, that you know, he did okay with Jacksonville, but they obviously wanted to do something else. So he's moved forward. You bring in Will Hernandez. You're going to put him at one of those guard positions. If you just brought in Patrick Omame, then it would make sense that John Jerry's spot's going to be taken by Will Hernandez if Will does what he needs to do in the offseason and in training camp. So... Some potential good moves for the Giants, but like I said, this may still take a little bit of time. This may still take a few drafts to figure out. It still may not be over in shoring up that that line for the Giants. Let me look at what the Cowboys did. Took the Cowboys time. People got they laughed at the Cowboys. Why would you make these picks? Why would you do this to yourself? Why wouldn't you? Now people joke around that anybody... People made fun of the fact that the Cowboys drafted Zach Martin in the first round saying they needed other positions. Why do they draft an offensive lineman so early in the draft? Blah, blah, blah. Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what happened? They added him to a, to pieces that they were putting together. And the giant. And now, when we talk about the Cowboys, it was a joke back then. And what is it now? What is it now? It was a joke back then. What is it now? Anybody can run behind the Cowboys line. You can run behind it. I can run behind it. We're going to score five touchdowns, ten touchdowns, get a bunch of yards. So we have one of our listeners here. Matt said the Giants nailed it. The first two picks are the foundation for years to come. Thank you for listening, Matt. As always, I appreciate it, brother. Will Hernandez and Saquon Barkley trying to take care of Eli Manning and trying to take care of that running game as they move forward here. So, you know, the Giants make it some... Interesting moves. Some good moves here early on. But to go back to Arizona, right? So Josh Rosen says 
People made mistakes because they didn't draft me. Wah, 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 blah, blah, blah. I should have been higher. Okay, so prove it. Prove it. Now, what the Cardinals essentially did with their first two picks where they got their quarterback, because we all know that Sam Bradford's not a bad quarterback, but he never, ever, never, ever, never, never, never stays healthy. And I pray to Jesus that that's different. I pray that he does stay healthy. I pray that he is okay, because I don't want to see anybody hurting. You could be somebody who hates my guts, and I never want to walk by you in an alleyway after you got beat down. If I find happiness in you having pain, then I'm just as sick and disgusting as you are. Remember that when you go out there and you start thinking, oh, yeah, I'd love to see somebody in pain that hurts my feelings. Think about think about what type of person that would make you. Just think about it. I don't want to see anybody in pain. The human, the human, you know, when I sit here and I think about it from time to time, I'm like, yeah, I'm pissed. I, yeah, I don't like this. I don't appreciate this. But at the end of the day, am I going to be a terrible person or am I going to be a person with God forward? Not God behind somewhere left there. So, you know, you got to focus on what matters. I'm not wishing bad on anybody at all. I'm stating an obvious fact that you have to prepare for Sam Bradford to be injured because it happens all the time. And the definition of insanity is waiting for something to happen different from doing the same damn thing over and over and over again. So if you consider the fact that he never, ever, never, ever, never stays healthy, then you bring in Josh Rosen to be the guy who can step in right away. And knowing that Larry Fitzgerald isn't going to play football forever, your second pick is Christian Kirk out of Texas A&M. So right then and there, you say, okay, here's our quarterback of the future. Here's our potential number one wide receiver of the future. Then they pick up Chase Edmonds in the fourth round out of Fordham, thinking this guy could be a steal for us. We got David Johnson, but we know he got hurt last year. They got a new center in Mason Cole out of Michigan. They are looking to change this offense as far as personnel, because they know that their guys are going away. Bruce Arians retired as a head coach. Carson Palmer retired after numerous seasons of injuries toward the end of his career as the starting quarterback. Larry Fitzgerald is not going to play forever and ever and ever, even though I want him to, and probably you do, because he seems like a very respectful, hardworking young man who continues to do his job. And no matter what changes have gone on, he stayed dedicated to Arizona and the people of that team. Arizona, in my opinion, made some good moves. If they work out, because you have your quarterback that can step in, and you have your wide receiver that's going to get some time to learn from Larry Fitzgerald and then most likely take over within a season or two. And you have a center. And you got a backup running back. And in the seventh round, you picked off an, uh, picked up an offensive tackle in, Ke- in Corey Cunningham from Cincinnati. You don't know what that could be for you. That could be a huge steal. So offensively, Arizona trying to make these moves to become relevant again in a division where the Rams look ripe for it, ripe to take it, and the Niners ripe to take it, and Seattle falling a little bit here. This could be one of the most difficult and most exciting head-to-head divisions in the entire nation this season or within the next couple seasons, the NFC West. Arizona. Seattle, L.A. Rams, and San Francisco. Moving on to Atlanta, take a look at what the Atlanta team did. Not surprised. <laughs> I didn't have them picking this, but I'm not surprised that they did. So 
I thought that they would go different, but in my you know, but in my head, you know, you think they love their wide receivers. They love to get their guys, right? They love their wide receivers. They love to pick them up when they can pick them up, and they picked them up. And they pulled them in. And they get Kelvin Ridley to spend some time with Roddy White, or pardon me, Roddy White, to spend some time with Julio Jones this upcoming season as one of their wide receivers. Not a bad move. I think there's other things Atlanta needed, like, I don't know, defense, anything there, because they score points. That's phenomenal. But you have to be able to stop the other team from scoring points. And Atlanta struggles to stop the other team from scoring points. And you're in New Orleans, who's stacked. You're in Carolina, who's working to kind of change and turn the corner into a new chapter. You're in Tampa, who's working to make some moves here. It's not about, well, we're just going to outscore everybody. That's how we're going to play. That's not going to get you where you need to go. So their first pick in the first round, 26 overall, Calvin Ridley. Okay, He fell all the way to them in Alabama. He looks totally pissed off when he got drafted. But now he's in Atlanta. I'd be happy if I'm in Atlanta because offensively, yay, yay. Winning games? I don't know. They got Isaiah Oliver out of Colorado, cornerback in the second round. We'll see what that could do. They got Dejan Sanat from South Florida, defensive tackle in the third round. So that could be some help to your game. But drafting Calvin Ridley, I think there was other people to take. I guess they just looked at it and said, hey, we know Julio Jones isn't going to be here forever. We don't have Roddy White. We don't have Taylor Gabriel anymore. We don't have a true number two to Julio Jones. So let's bring in somebody else. Not a bad decision. And like I said, he fell to them. So how can you fault them for doing that? But, (laughs) it's like comma, but... Maybe you look at defense and say, we need a lot of help on defense, so maybe we should focus on our defense for a minute or two. And they did. They did with the next two picks, but it's just an... It's not a bad pick, okay? It's not a bad pick. It's just they could have probably done something else before they made that decision that's all that's all i'm saying they probably could have worked on defense a little bit earlier on but again you're picking so late in the first round so i see it i understand it they could say to me dan he wasn't going to be available then and i can't deny that i can't say no he would have definitely been available then there's nothing saying that he that they would have been able to get calvin ridley in the second round okay he fell to them they picked him up i understand i just know that getting another offensive weapon is great, but what are you going to do about your defense? So hopefully their second and third round picks can help them out in that area. The next one I want to take a look at is Baltimore. Baltimore confused me because they drafted two tight ends. They don't have any, so I guess they wanted some depth right right away, but they arguably got the number one and number two tight end in the entire draft. They got Hayden Hurst in the first round. They got Mark Andrews in the third round. Hayden Hurst from South Carolina, Mark Andrews from Oklahoma. So Mark Andrews getting thrown to by Baker Mayfield. And Hayden Hurst, like I said, arguably the best one in the draft, picked up right before the Jaguars could go after it, four picks before. And that's tough. That's tough because, you know, you think if he fell to the Jaguars, they probably would have looked at him. But Baltimore 
Baltimore, in my opinion, they had a great draft. They had a phenomenal draft. Uh, look at what they got, okay? Look at what they got and look at what they already have. And let's discuss this because the Baltimore Ravens, folks, I'm very close. I'm giving them an A. I'm close to giving them like maybe an A plus on how this stuff ends up working out, okay? They got Hayden Hurst in the first round. Great, because they have no tight ends. And when they used to be good, it was because they had a good tight end. They haven't had a good tight end in years. We're talking like three, four, five years. They haven't had a good tight end. At least the last three, if not more. So they bring in the tight end, Hayden Hurst. They bring in some depth with Mark, with, with, uh, Mark Andrews. So you got some success there. They get Orlando Brown, an offensive tackle that I thought should have been drafted, could have been drafted in the first round. They draft him in the third round, 22nd of their, pardon me, in the third round, 19th of the third round. They had no picks in the second round. They trade up and back into the draft with the Philadelphia Eagles to take the 32nd pick, Lamar Jackson, their future quarterback and future leader of their new system of offense that they will implement potentially maybe this year. Anthony Averett from Alabama, cornerback. They get him in the fourth round. They've already brought in Michael Crabtree, from Oakland, John Brown from Arizona, Willie Sneed from New Orleans to be their wide receivers. And late in the fourth and fifth rounds, they get Jaleel Scott from New Mexico State and Jordan Lastly from UCLA. So now you got five wide receivers in the offseason. Three vets, three vets, right? John Brown, a number two guy to Larry Fitzgerald at times. Crabtree, arguably a number one guy. Willie Sneed could have been a number one guy, ended up being like a third guy. So you have those three, then you get two more in the draft. You have five new wide receivers on your team. You drafted a center, an offensive tackle, a safety, a defensive end, an inside linebacker, a corner that I had mentioned, another offensive tackle, your quarterback of the future, two tight ends. If this was fantasy football, I would say, damn. This, this person went into this draft and just outsmarted everybody. Lamar Jackson, hello. You know, don't forget, Tyrod Taylor was on the Baltimore Ravens team. He was a third-string quarterback. Don't forget that. He's a third-string quarterback on the team, Tyrod Taylor. And now... He became a starter in Buffalo for years, and now he is maybe the starter, at least for a little while, in Cleveland. People forget that he was there because he didn't really play. But that's the amazing thing. I mean, when we look at this, this draft was great. This draft was great for the Baltimore Ravens, picking up two tight ends, picking up more wide receivers, and moving your team forward Huge. Huge. Orlando Brown. This guy's got a chip on his shoulder. You drafted him in the third round. Anthony Averett from Alabama. You drafted him in the fourth round. Baltimore could be a little sneaky dangerous this year. A little sneaky, sneaky dangerous. Let's get into the Buffalo Bills. They trade up in the draft to get Josh Allen, their quarterback of the future. 
Nice of what, what they had to say to A.J. McCarron. Hey, hey, A.J., Cleveland tried to get you last year but couldn't file the paperwork in time. You never had the opportunity to be a true starter in Cincinnati. Waited for years behind Andy Dalton, who's been an average quarterback. He's been up and down. Maybe fantasy-wise he does some good things. But outside of that, nothing in the playoffs. Or you know, I mean, even when he gets to the playoffs, he's not winning games. He's not leading our team to the promised land. So we look at the situation and say, A.J. should have gotten a chance. Should have gotten an opportunity a while ago, right? Now he goes to Buffalo, and they go, and they get Josh Allen. So now A.J.'s sitting here like, wow, if I get to be the starter, it's what, for two games? For a season? Then I'm going to retire? I really hope that A.J. McCarron goes and does amazing work, and I hope that people respect the hell out of him, and I hope that he gets a job somewhere. And if Buffalo lets him go, I hope that somebody signs him and gives him an opportunity and lets him be a starting quarterback because you can't say that he can't be a starting quarterback unless you let him be a damn starting quarterback and see what he could do. But drafted Josh Allen that high, people are going to hope for the heir apparent. They're going to hope for that. But Josh Allen also has some explaining to do. And I don't want to get into it and get heavy in this, all that, whatever. But when you make racist comments at any point in your life, you're a racist. Okay? You're a racist. And that's it. If you say, oh, I only said those horrible things about Mexicans when I was 12. That doesn't make them any less horrible. You know, and you're joking around this and joking around that, but... You have to think about the words that come out of your mouth. Because the words that come out of your mouth can affect you for the rest of your life. And we all make mistakes. We all do stupid things. We all call people names. We're all not always nice. But it's about learning and it's about growing and it's about advancing and it's about moving forward. Are you moving forward or are you moving backward? That's that's where we come in. That's where we come in. Are you moving forward or are you moving backward? And hopefully Josh Allen is moving forward, but he's going to have to answer to that. He's going to have to answer to that. And if I'm on his team and I'm any other color but white, I'm going to ask him because I want to know. Are you going to respect me? Are you going to respect our teammates? Are you going to be here for where are you at? Are, are, or are you going to go to a concert at some point during the season and somebody's going to have a video camera out and you're not going to know that it's on Facebook Live and you're going to say these horrible things? So, you know, his character is in question. And, you know, it's a great position to be in when you're the team's starting quarterback, potentially, and their leader, and your character comes into question. That's the one thing you can't have come into question when you're the starting quarterback, okay? Of all positions to be in, the starting quarterback, not the position you want to be in when you're in a situation such as this, okay? Where you need people to trust you and believe in you from day zero, you already have explaining to do. So you better get in the locker room and you better start explaining yourself. Because you know what? If it was flipped the other way around and it was said about white people, then I would want Josh Allen to ask those questions too and say, listen, we're not just going to bowl over this and say, who cares? You need to know who's leading you. If you're on a ship in the middle of the ocean, you need to know if that person is a good leader and if they could steer that ship. You don't just get on the ship and say, well, let's hope for the best. I'm going to go with this stranger and hope that he knows what the hell he's doing because I don't. So 
the character of your quarterback, you got to make sure that that's where it needs to be. We'll take a step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We're coming back in just a moment with Irv Phillips right here on MixLR.com backslash DT. And very excited to have Irv, who signed as an undrafted free agent to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll be back in a moment with Irv Phillips. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily. You know, we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different. We we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so. I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. It is that point of the show, the start of the second hour, and the start of something amazing for the man they call Irv Phillips. An opportunity as an undrafted free agent to head to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And here's some irony for you. Syracuse goes up against FSU every season inside the Atlantic Division of the ACC. Former Florida State quarterback, starting quarterback, Jameis Winston, the starting quarterback of the Bucks. So Irv has an opportunity to catch some passes potentially from Jameis Winston here as he heads off on May 10th to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and starts working out with the team looking for an opportunity, signed as an undrafted free agent with the Bucks, and now has an opportunity to show what he could do and prove himself in those practices in a hopeful opportunity to move forward and stay on this 53-man roster for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and continue to live his dreams of playing professional football. So with that amazing opportunity and notice to everybody out there that's a fan of Irv, a, a fan of him from Connecticut, from Syracuse, and so on and so forth, there was an outpouring amount of support of the message that he had signed with Tampa that I put out. We reached over 10,000 people just on Twitter. The thing went viral because of the amount of support that he has. And to say that is how I want to introduce him, is to say to Irv, did you know that you had that support? Did you know how far your support reached? Because Irv, you out of 15 years of being a broadcaster, I can honestly say I don't know if I've ever seen that amount of immediate support for a guy getting an opportunity in the NFL. What does that mean to you? It's great. It's an honor, man. It just motivates me knowing that people are rooting for me and um, 
just just have my back in general. So it's definitely very motivating. And and to have that, you know, the motivation. You you watch the draft and you see that your name doesn't get called. Bring me through the draft. If you're paying a lot of attention, if you're if you're you know you kind of just try to maybe do something else, go see a movie, go see Avengers: Infinity War, put it out of your mind, whatever. Or were you sitting watching the draft? How did you kind of handle the draft? Uh, the first two days, I didn't even I didn't really pay attention to it. You know, I I seen a couple of updates on um, on Twitter and stuff like that, but other than that, I wasn't watching it the first two days. The third day, um, I went over to my brother's house and I had a couple of my uh, family members over there, some uh, close people to me, and we were just sitting out. Basically, we just watched, we watched the whole, uh, probably like the fifth through seventh, you know, and uh, you know, we were just sitting away, and you know, I was just, you know, hopefully, I was, I was, I was paying my name. Did get called? If it didn't, I knew that I was gonna have an opportunity regardless from somebody calling or whatever it may be. I know I was gonna have an opportunity. So the third day, I just waited and um, I got that, got a couple calls, and I got that call from a uh, Tampa Bay right after the draft. And when you when you got that call from Tampa right after the draft, when the seventh round ended, how quickly did that phone call come in? So you get that call immediately from them. You're watching it, like you said. You're hoping that your name gets called. It, it doesn't. What went through your mind when when you didn't see your name called? You didn't see it go across the ticker. Was there any doubt in your mind that you wouldn't get a phone call, or were you confident that that call would come? No, I was confident. Whether I got drafted or not drafted, I knew for a fact. You know, having a conversation with my agent that I was going to have an opportunity. You know, but not getting my name called wasn't it wasn't the end of the world for me. You know, because I know that. I have talent, and I'm, I'm just going to show that when I, when I get out there. So I knew it was coming. Speaking here with former Syracuse wide receiver Irv Phillips, who now has an opportunity with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. To, to have this opportunity with Tampa, did you have any, you know, like you said, speaking with your agent, you knew that there was going to be an opportunity that would come, and you were confident in that. Going through the process, going through Syracuse Pro Day and, like, the 20 teams that were there and the teams that you got to talk to and you worked out for some teams – did you ever have a notion that Tampa was interested or was this kind of a, a blind side? They called you and, and, and you didn't really know that they were watching you. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. You know, um, after, um, from pro day until up until a couple, like a week or so before the draft, you know, I spoke to maybe about 10, 10 teams who contacted me and told me that they're interested and stuff like that. But, um, Tampa wasn't one of them, so it was weird that they that they uh that they um that they called and wanted to um wanted wanted to bring me in as a undrafted free agent. But my my agent said they they were talking about me for a while, but I never really spoke to them. So they, he said they were, they they've been really interested, but they weren't a team that I that I knew that I was on their radar. And so when you when you get that call, you know when your phone rings. Was 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 there any team that you thought, okay, you know, if the phone rings, it's going to be? I know you and I had talked about some of the teams. Did you have a notion that you thought, okay, maybe this team's going to call, or was it kind of just you were in the dark and you didn't know what was going to happen? No, I had a, I had a couple ideas, you know, like the the Eagles were a team that really contacted me a lot, and the uh, and the Broncos, those are two teams I thought that were going to 
Oh, my dog on them uh, called me at some point, but they didn't. But the uh, Buffalo Bills called me um, during the draft and stuff like that. But yeah. And when when Buffalo called you while the draft was going on, what did they say at that time? The wide receiver coach. It was about uh, it was the beginning of the seventh round. He said uh, that he was the coach that worked me out when I went out there. Said he really liked me. He said they need a true slot receiver, and um, that he's pushing for them to pick me up with their last pick in the seventh round. He said he really likes me. He said uh, uh, he said. Uh, I'll pay close attention. Like we're looking to, to grab you in the seventh. You know, I'm pushing hard for you. And um, he said, uh, he said, yeah. Uh, hopefully, you're a Buffalo Bill. And um, that was it. But when that pick came around, they ended up picking a uh, picking a dude from North North Carolina. I think his name is Austin Poole. Yeah, he's another receiver. So that kind of like, I, I don't want to say it made me mad, but you know, that really motivated me. It made me. You know, put some fire in, in me because you know they they, they chose a, a different guy other than me. And when you see that, when you have that, you know, like you said, this motivation, you know, it pushed you when you're not drafted in the first couple of days. It pushes you when you are watching on that third day rounds five through seven. You're not hearing it. It pushes you when Buffalo says, "Hey, we think you know we might get you. Just watch it and pay attention." And they take another slot receiver. So you've had a chip on your shoulder through all of that. But even before that, Irv, you and I spoke about coming out of Connecticut and people saying, ah, he's coming out of Connecticut. Who comes out of Connecticut? There's no talent in Connecticut. So you came into Syracuse with people going, well, he's not from Florida. He's not from Texas. He's not from Oklahoma. He's not from North Carolina. So what's he going to bring to the team? And you set a bunch of records at Syracuse. So you've been dealing with a chip on your shoulder for a while. And I would think it's fair to say you've done pretty well with that. Yeah, that's why that's why I'm not really, um, you know, really harping on not getting drafted because you know I've been in this position before. I'm comfortable with proving people wrong, so you know it's just another it's just another level to do what I've already done before and just show people that I do have talents. You know, I just let my my game speak for itself because it's going to show whether whether they don't see it now or or they're going to see it. if they don't see it now they'll see it later. But you know, I've been in this position before. And speaking here with Irv Phillips, former Syracuse wide receiver who now has an opportunity as an undrafted free agent signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How much do you know about the area down in Tampa? Have you ever been there? Have you ever taken a vacation there, been around that? How much do you know about, you know, Ralph Wilson Stadium, that whole arena, that whole area? Is this going to be new digs for you or do you kind of know the area? Uh, No, I I don't know about Tampa at all, you know. I was training in Florida this past uh, uh, this past winter, but um, I was in Fort Lauderdale. But I never, I never, uh, I don't know too much about Tampa. I know I played at uh, the, the Buccaneers Stadium when we played USF my sophomore year, but that's about it. So you have this opportunity. There's going to be this quarterback, Florida State, like I mentioned, Jameis Winston, that's going to be there. Speak with me on this. I mean, you you had an opportunity to work with Eric Dungy the past few seasons. Now you have an opportunity to potentially work with Jameis Winston from Florida State. Thoughts on that? Um, I'm excited. You know, he's a great QB. You know, he's definitely did some great things, and uh, I think I could learn a lot from him. And um, I think I think it it'll be good for me to get around a guy like that with a real high high character. You know, really outgoing. You know. And just hopefully I get the opportunity to work with him a lot and just 
learn how to become a, a, a pro. And and to see this, you know, it's it's kind of funny how the ACC works. That I feel like every single draft, there's guys that are molded together on the same team. They used to have to be adversaries and and had to go up against each other and whatnot, or maybe just missed each other in in college, but are in the same division or same conference. Just what what it says to you about kind of you know, sports is one of those very ironic worlds and. Just speak of the irony of that, of, of having Jameis Winston be so successful in the same division as Syracuse and now having an opportunity to help the team be successful as one instead of being on opposite sides. Just just how ironic that is for you and and what you can say about sports having kind of irony when it comes to op- opportunities like this and situations like this. Uh, it's just it's funny, man. It's, funny. it's just funny how that works out sometimes, you know. But I think, you know, it just goes to show you how much uh, how much talent there is in the ACC, and and uh, there's a lot of guys that are that are uh, very successful doing doing a lot of great things in the ACC. So you're bound to um, at some point, you know, be on the same team or run into somebody that were, was in your conference that you once played against or played with or something like that. So it's funny sometimes. And as we look at this, you know, Irv, I know you played running back, H-back, wide receiver, a little bit of everything when you were at Syracuse. You were in, I think I think it's fair to say you were in 17 different offenses, maybe 42 different offenses. I mean, it's, I'm sure it felt like that at times, that every year it was a different offense or a different nuance or a different situation. Just, just speak to that. I mean, you've prepared yourself for the NFL all jokes aside from saying 42 different offenses, but essentially because you had so many different coaches, so many different coordinators, so many different situations, a different head coach, you almost know the business of the NFL and how quickly it can change because you experienced it at Syracuse. Yeah, right. So yeah, what, um, what was that experience like? Uh, I think it just prepared me to to be accepting the change and, um, you know, it was it was tough not getting comfortable in one offense, you know, for for multiple years. But I think that kind of plays to my advantage. How I, I can uh, I can learn different things and um, just pick up different different systems, you know, uh, very quickly. So uh, hopefully that plays to my advantage in the league, and uh, I can show them that I that I'm a, a a smart player who can pick up things quick, you know, and that, that can help me play to my advantage. Now I know that when you went to ACC Media Day and represented the team there, or when well when you look at ACC Media Day, pardon me, with Zaire Franklin representing whatnot, one of the guys that represented was MJ Stewart for North Carolina, and you never had the opportunity to go up against him because you didn't play North Carolina in that rotator. Syracuse will have a, a crack at playing North Carolina this year, but MJ Stewart's coming from UNC. As a corner, he's coming on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then out of Pittsburgh, who you did go up against, safety Jordan Whitehead's going to be there. So just to speak to that, I mean, there's guys coming in from the ACC, and there's a guy like Jordan Whitehead who is coming in from Pittsburgh who you definitely, as a wide receiver, got to be on the other side of. Oh, yeah, that's uh, pretty cool, man. Hopefully you can get down there and uh, get to work, you know, and, and just, you know, try to make each other better. But um, it's, it's pretty cool that a couple guys coming through from the ACC, especially uh, uh, Jordan from uh, from Pitt. You know, I got a chance to play against him a couple times in my career. And um, I know that he's a great player. And, uh, you know, we just try to make each other better however we could. 
And before I let you go, speaking here with Irv Phillips of Syracuse's former they, the former history of the Syracuse Orange, the uh, first couple seasons of Dino Babers, and now moving forward into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and an opportunity there. On the Tampa Bay roster, they have Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson. Just what you could say about these veterans. You know, Mike Evans has been their number one guy at wide receiver for a long time, and Deshaun Jackson is somebody who's bounced around a little bit, had opportunities in different places, but has tried to find some footing there. What can you say you're excited about to learn from guys like Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson? Um, I've always been a fan of Deshaun Jackson, so um, I just want to get the opportunity to to pick his brain, you know, just on just on football stuff and just how, how um, to approach things as a professional. But I've, I've always been a fan of his, so um, I think I'm going to use that to use the opportunity having those guys around to, um, you know, just try to get some information just to just to, just to to learn, you know, as much as possible because those are two premier guys in the league and some, some players that are definitely um, guys to look at as role models from um, the things that they've had done in the league so far. And I know Deshaun, Watts, uh, Deshaun Jackson's been in the league so for a while, almost 10 years, I believe. So um, that's definitely a guy that I want to just have a conversation with and just try to surround myself with as much as possible. So I mean, I'm just so excited to get that opportunity to be around some uh, great players like that. And how crazy is that experience? Like you said, when when you when you see Deshaun Jackson and you're a fan of Deshaun Jackson, and now you're going to be on the same field as Deshaun Jackson, you know, just I, I know you haven't experienced being on the field yet with him, but just moments like that—that that, you know, you were a little kid growing up. You're watching guys like Deshaun, and now you're going to be on the same field as Deshaun fighting for a job. Just just what that's done. What you know when you sit back and think about it, what that does in in your life to know that you were a fan, you're a little kid, and now here you are, a young man that's looking for an opportunity and potentially going to be on the field lining up with a guy that you looked up to in the past. Um, really, is just you know just a blessing honestly to look back at how far I came to and look at where I'm at right now. You know, so um, honestly, it just makes me want to go go even harder and just strive for more because I know how far I've came, you know, I just want so much more. So just gonna just continue to keep pushing, you know, and just keep my faith and just work as hard as possible to uh, make the things that I want come true, you know. So it's a blessing to be at this point in my career because I know a lot of people, you know, wish they were at this point. But even though I'm at this point, there's a lot more that I want and a lot more things that I have I want to accomplish. So I have a lot of football left in me, you know. I'm just going to continue to work hard, you know. Just go from there. What is a team getting by getting Irv Phillips? What about you? You said there's so much more football in me. What does a team get when they get you? Bring me into that. If I'm a GM and I'm looking and I'm trying to make those roster cuts, why do I want Irv Phillips on my team? Um, I think that uh, I can bring a lot of value from a um, special team standpoint. And also, I can be a reliable player um, from the slot. You know, I think a lot of times, uh, the more you can do, the um, the more valuable you are. And I feel like I can uh, bring some um, bring some depth into the wide receiver room and the slot. You know, uh, being a reliable player, whether whether it be um, uh, catches that we need and during the game, whether it, whatever it may be, but um, you know, I think I, I can bring a 
accountability to the offense, um, being a gadget guy or a slot or um, being a, in the return game as well. So I think there's a lot of places that you can put me because I have a lot of experience coming from college. And um, also, uh, I'm a film I'm a film room junkie, so I can I can really learn a lot. And um, and I don't I believe I don't make too many mistakes. So there's a lot of things like that that are that are good with my game that I can bring to an organization to, to make make a team better. So there's a lot. That coming from Irv Phillips. Irv, before we wrap up and, and step out of here, I want to do something called rapid fire that I've been doing on the show for years. It's to get to know you. I want Tampa to get to know you a little bit better. I want the Bucks to get to know you a little bit better. I want the fan base and people listening in general to get to know Irv Phillips a little better. So are you ready to play rapid fire? I'm going to throw a bunch of questions, and they could be about anything. I want to get your first response. Are you ready for that? Yeah, we can do that. All right. So first and foremost, if you could only play one song for an entire year, what song would it be? Uh, probably Dreams and Nightmares by uh, Meek Mill. If you – and I've gotten that one before, so I respect that. If you were in a movie – as a superhero in the Avengers, which one would you be? Uh, Avengers. Um, can I say Black Panther? Yeah, you can say Black Panther. Yeah, Black Panther. I, I like more. All right, so you'd be Black Panther. If someone played you in a movie, what actor would be Irv Phillips? Definitely uh, Denzel Washington. All right, fair enough, Denzel Washington. Three. This is a three-part question. You can go anywhere in the world. Where do you go? You could take one person that you know, and you could take one celebrity. Where do you go? What celebrity do you take? And what person do you know that you take? Um, if I go anywhere in the world, uh, I feel like uh, Dubai is pretty up a pretty cool place. Somewhere that I definitely would want to go at some point. Um, who I would take, um, I probably would take one of my best friends, uh, his name's Dwayne, we always, uh, we're always together, so, uh, it's definitely somebody I would take, because anytime we're out together, it's always a good time, okay. and, um, and a celebrity, uh, I think, um, Uh, it could be it could be anybody. Could be anybody. Hmm. I would say I would say Jay Z because I feel like he's very uh, influential and he's um I don't know just being around him is just I feel like it'd be a good experience. All right, so Jay Z, you take your friend Dwayne and you go to Dubai. Fair enough. If I told you right now that you could do anything on your bucket list. What are the top three things that you would do? Um, first would be uh, to buy my mom a house. Cause that's one thing I, that I always wanted to do. I don't know if that's really like a bucket list uh, option, but that's something that, that I want to do at some point in my life. So I've always dreamed of doing. Okay. Um, definitely uh, skydiving. Okay. Diving will be will be a thing. Um, one more. Um, man, I think 
I like traveling. So if I feel like uh, one thing I always want to do is try to try to visit every state at least at least once. Try to see and travel to each state, each and every state. Because I haven't, I have, I have never been even on the West Coast before. So I think one thing I want to do is is travel to every state. Okay. Fair enough, and I haven't been on the West Coast either. The farthest I've been is Omaha, Nebraska, and Houston, Texas. Oh, really? So, yeah, well, you know, the NCAA tournament sent me to – I was in Des Moines, I was in Omaha, I was in Houston. So that's that's how I get to see that. But being in the NFL, Irv, they could, they could help make that happen because, you know, you're on an NFL team, you're bouncing around – all over the place when you got to play teams week to week. So you could get, you can knock out some of that list. I'm, I'm sure that you could do that this year. All right, definitely. So let me see what else I got for you, Irv. What is your favorite nickname that you've ever gotten in your life? Um, I think, um, I think Swerve, like S-W-E-R-V. I think that's a pretty cool name. I got that when I came to the queues my uh, freshman year, so Swerve was pretty, a pretty cool name. That I, that I thought was all right. Who gave you that? Who gave you the nickname Swerve? It was actually Coach Coach Hicks. Coach okay. Hicks. Coach yeah. Hicks, you're, you're the old strength and conditioning coach. All right, very nice. So, who is your favorite teammate at Syracuse? If you had to pick one person. Probably be uh, Prince Tyson Belly. He was he was a character, man. Everything <laughs> he do, he, he always brought light to the room and uh, always laughs when he came in the room. It was just it was just a, a very good vibe having him in the room. He just you know he took me under his wing when I was a freshman, so uh, definitely appreciated him. Yeah, and Prince Tyson Gully gets a lot of love here on Wake Up Call. He's a good guy, so we'll give we'll give that to Prince. I can agree with that. What is the your favorite game that you ever played at Syracuse, and why? Oh, a hundred percent be the the Clemson game from this past year. Um, I think it was it was just a surreal moment. You know, I, I think the moment that I, I always remember would would be like the fourth quarter. I think it was a couple couple seconds on the clock, and we were about to go to take a knee, and like you, you would just look in the crowd. Um, and see everybody standing on their feet, just cheering. And um, it was a moment that it was like electric. It was electric on the field. Just, just the feeling of the dome, just being so alive, and just knowing that we just knocked off the number two team in the nation. Um, it was, it was crazy, man. That was, that was one of the probably the best games I've ever played in. Like not just at Syracuse, but in my life, just being in that moment. It was, it was something that I'll definitely never forget. Yeah, that's fair enough, and I, I would I would anticipate it being that game. Favorite Dino Babers moment ever? Dino Babers moment. Hmm. Oof, uh, uh, man. <laughs> that's, a t- that's a tough one. That's a tough one. can't really give like a, a, a rare detailed example but um when we it was the first year he came in um I think it might have been the first away game there in the hotel we usually um in the hotel we usually uh 
you know, have team a, a team meeting, and basically uh, he'll tell a story, and he'll tell a story about anything, whatever, whether it be uh, about his life or football in general. So um, one time he told us he told us a story that was really personal, and um, for me, I think it was I think it was a good experience to really find out the type of person he is and why he is like why he is why he is, how he is, and what got him into coaching. I can't really get too much details on the story because it was very personal, but I think that first year when he came in and we had our first away game and he, he kind of uh, let the team know the type of person he is and uh, the experiences he went through all his life and that made him who he, who he is today. So that was a good moment for me. And I know that it was a personal story for Dino, so – I'm going to respect that, obviously, as as I always do. But I will ask you, what type of person do you think that Dino is? You know, after hearing that story and having him be your coach the last couple of years, how would you describe him as a person? Um, I think he's really hard nosed and tough. You know, um, I think coming from coming up from his background, with his, uh, his dad being in the military and how, how he raised him, um, I think um, you know he. He's very hard nosed, tough, and um, he expects the best, the best out of his players. You know, and um, I think he's, he's going to push you to get to get to get that out of you. And um, everything is, is, is very critiqued, and um, and one one you'd be the best you could be. So I think, I think everything is his, his persona is based off that real hard nosed uh, military kind of kind of vibe. That coming from Irv Phillips. Irv, a couple more here as we as we wrap up to get to know you a little bit better. What would you say are your three best qualities as a person, not as a football player, as a person? What are your three best qualities? Um, I think uh, my personality is very uh, understanding, and uh, you know, I think when you talk to me, I can, I can very I can make people feel feel comfortable talking to me. So I feel like. Um, I'm an easy person to talk to. Um, I think I'm definitely when I'm comfortable around somebody. I definitely have a a real funny personality. That's 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 what people tell me a lot. Like I can make people laugh uh, very easy. And um, hmm. And I, I honestly, honestly, for me, uh, I try to be as honest with people as as, as possible. So um, there's no, there's not, there's nothing that 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 I feel. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put this. I just try to try to be as honest with people as possible. So um, so there's nothing that it's not said. Everything changes. This need to be said. It's said. So honesty is a big thing for me, and that's that's part of my personality. So um, not sugarcoating things. Just telling the how it is. Absolutely. That coming from Irv Phillips. Irvin, finally for you, mission statement. There's something that's above your head wherever you walk, wherever you go. What does it say? Everybody can see it. So Irv Phillips is walking towards you, and you see this quote above his head. What does that quote say? I think I ask better questions than when the NFL does the combine. I think they maybe they should hire me as an outside person. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. So you said a, a quote? Yeah, if they, and it could be your quote. It could be anything, but some a statement that would be above your head wherever you go. I don't know if 
a chip on my shoulder and I, I have something to prove. So I feel like my persona would look as if though I'm very confident and with a chip on my shoulder and and uh, some, something of that nature. All right, fair enough. That coming from Irv Phillips, former Syracuse wide receiver, running back, and H-back, who has now moved forward with an opportunity with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He will be heading down to Tampa on May 10th, and we obviously wish and hope for him the best. Irv, as you know, don't be a stranger. I can't believe that I'm sitting in my studio today and that the first time you and I spoke was when you were in high school in Connecticut. And so, and then I met you at that first practice under the tent coming out after we had spoken when you were a true freshman. So I, every time I think of you, Irv, I think back to that day at the tent going, Hey, I'm that guy that you talked to on the phone. Somehow four years have passed and somehow I'm talking to an NFL player right now. So I'm proud of you. And you know, you always got a place here on the show and, and obviously, you know, you need to keep in touch and, and likewise back and forth. So make sure you're never a stranger. And hopefully 10 years from now, I'll be talking about a guy who's been a vet for the last six years. Yes, sir. Definitely, Dan. Appreciate that, man. It's crazy how, thing, how fast things go. But, yeah, no doubt, man. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. So keep in touch. Be good. And God bless you with the Tampa Bay Bucks, And keep, keep putting Connecticut on your back and representing Connecticut because those kids that are growing up there need to see that they can make it out of there and make it you know, forward in their dreams. And I know that you're working hard at that. So keep doing what you're doing. Right. 100%. Yes, sir. No doubt. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care, man. All right. You too. That coming from Irv Phillips once again. And I and I knew what my math was in my head. I think I might have said my math a little bit strange. I, I said, hopefully, when I've known Irv for 10 years, he will be a six-year veteran because he, you know, we've known each other. Well, we know each other for four or five years. And so if we know each other for 10, then that would be another six at least, which would make him a six-year veteran in the NFL. That's what I meant by that. So for anybody that's checking my mathematics, that's... <laughs> That is what I meant by my math. But the bigger picture and the bigger meaning of it all is I want to see Irv be successful because he's a good kid who respects the heck out of me and I respect the heck out of him and I want to see him do well. And that's just how it is. You know, he's just, he's, he's a guy who from the first time I talked to him on the phone to meeting up with him at Syracuse, he treated me like, you know, like he knew me, like I was a guy that he was cool with from day zero. So with that being said, yeah. I want to see him advance in the NFL. Yeah, I want to see him live his dreams. And there's guys like here that you fight for. We talk about talent and the 40 and the vertical jump and this, that, whatever. We don't talk about the char- the content of the character nearly enough. And the content of this man's character, for all that I've ever known him to be, has been good. It's been special. It's been important to me. So, Irv, I want to thank you for taking some time with me because he's never had to. He's chosen to. And that means the world. So thank you for choosing some time with me, Irv, and I choose it right back. And and like I said, it's hard to believe that five years ago was the first time we spoke with each other. And, you know, that just goes to show we stayed connected through the last five years. And now I want to see him be successful in the next era of his career. So God bless to him and much appreciation. We'll take a step aside here on Wake Up Call. We'll be back in just a moment to continue my NFL coverage of the draft, which will carry out throughout the week. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break.
Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalwear, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formalware. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing. With Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing. Proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Gear up with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DreisigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family. Their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens... They're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and thank you for being a part of the show. 
every single Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time to connect with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. I appreciate it. So, and on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, on Twitter at Call DT, and on Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. Always thank you all for being a part of the show and connecting with me on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Much appreciated as always. So with that being said, very excited to continue on the conversation here with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora in this NFL draft going team by team. We're not going to get to every single team today. Hence why I told you throughout the week we'll be discussing the draft. I'm very excited that's one of my closest friends and a phenomenal sports writer and sports mind in, in Northeast Pennsylvania, Ross Turetsky, will be joining me tomorrow for the show. He'll be joining me on Tuesday's broadcast to discuss the NFL draft, give his thoughts. On Wednesday, I will be joined by Eric Kroom, former Syracuse and NFL defensive lineman, will be joining me to give his analysis of the NFL draft, and then we'll have more to come later on in the week, maybe some other surprises that will find their way to you. So, NFL draft coverage happening throughout the week, and I'm excited and and very, very much thankful for the opportunity of what we're going to be doing moving forward here. So thank you so very much for everybody and, and what they have done and, and how they've connected with the show. I really do appreciate it. So thank you for that. And I can't wait to have Ross on to give his thoughts, to have Eric Kroom on to give his thoughts, and like I said, maybe some other surprises here on Wake Up Call. Continuing the conversation, though, for today, we've gotten through a few of these teams, and we were discussing Buffalo a little bit with Josh Allen. They also picked up Tremaine Edmonds from Virginia Tech. Him and his brother went in the first round, the first time ever two brothers were drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, which I thought was awesome. We look at what the Bills did. They got their quarterback of the future. Then they drafted defense for the next four picks. Outside linebacker Tremaine Edmonds out of Virginia Tech, like I said. Harrison Phillips out of Stanford, D-tackle. Teron Johnson from Weber State at the cornerback position. And Saran Neal out of Jacksonville State as a cornerback as well. Then they went to the offensive line with Wyatt Teller from Virginia Tech, who will be on the opposite side of Tremaine Edmonds once again in practice. And then they got very late two guys from the ACC. These could be two steals for the Bills. They got Ray Ray McLeod from Clemson in the sixth round and Austin Prohl from North Carolina in the seventh round, who you heard Irv Phillips bring up as they said, Irv, you might be our guy. And they ended up taking Austin Prohl instead, the son of longtime wide receiver in the NFL, Ricky Prohl, who played for the Rams and so on and so forth. So Austin Prohl getting drafted to continue the lineage of his family inside of the NFL in the seventh round out of North Kakalake, North Carolina. So it's interesting to see what the Bills did here. They went heavy on the defense after getting their quarterback, and then they got two potential steals at wide receiver later on and then got some help on their offensive line. The Bills had made the playoffs and failed to really score the ball against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but they wanted to bolster up their defense here because you got to get through the Jets, who have a new quarterback. you got to get through the Dolphins. Jesus knows what they're doing. And, of course, you have to get through the mighty, mighty Patriots every single season. So you got to be able to have a strong defense and not just have a shootout with a team like the Patriots because if you allow Tom Brady to score, he's going to take advantage of you 99% of the time. So even if your team can score, he's still going to make it very, very difficult for you to move forward. So I agree with the Bills going defense. I agree with them getting their quarterback of the future, and I'm interested to see what they can do from here and what it means for A.J. McCarron. 
Carolina, next team I want to discuss here, they went and got, spoiler alert, DJ Moore, a wide receiver. What? Carolina wide receiver first round. Are you kidding me? That's a Baltimore, Carolina, Atlanta. They When there's a wide receiver sitting there, it's too enticing to say no to. I mean, look at what Baltimore did. They didn't get a wide receiver. They got a tight end. Atlanta got a wide receiver. Carolina got a, Carolina got a wide receiver. They got DJ Moore, six foot, two hundred and ten pounds, coming to them from Maryland in the Big Ten. DJ Moore, who some people argued was the best wide receiver in the draft, is heading to the Carolina Panthers, who are Sands Calvin Benjamin, who have a subpar Kevin Funches, and still are waiting to see what Curtis Samuel can be after his rookie season last year. Then they went and got corners Dante Jackson Jackson out of LSU and Rashawn Golden out of Tennessee. And I agree with these. I agree with them because I thought they should have gotten Jair Alexander, but he ends up with Green Bay. So, you know, for this, they I thought they were going to go corner, and that's exactly what they did. They went and got their corners because this team started to fall apart when Josh Norman wasn't on the team anymore at a at the cornerback position. When he left, when they allowed when they franchise tagged him, then pulled the tag, then let him go, the whole team changed. The whole dynamic changed. It was like everybody was exposed after that. It was like there was one pin that was holding the dress together, and the pin came out, and the whole dress fell off. That's exactly how it happened. And the Carolina Panthers were standing there naked in the breeze, tail in the wind. So they go after two corners now, which I agree with because they need help. And that is where they started to fall apart. And then they potentially drafted the heir apparent to the day that Greg Olson packs it in, Fourth round, first pick of the fourth round, Ian Thomas out of Indiana at the tight end position. They bring him in, and then they went defense after that. The Carolina Panthers, dare I say it, understood something about their past. And since the last time that they had made anything of themselves in the last few seasons, they draft a wide receiver, a tight end, and the rest of its defense. They draft three corners in the game, in the entire NFL draft of 2018. Dante Jackson, LSU, Rashawn Golden, Tennessee, like I said, and Jermaine Carter, who was on the other side of DJ Moore in practice out of Maryland. They get outside linebacker Marquise Haynes from Ole Miss. They get Andre Smith, inside linebacker from North Carolina, and defensive tackle Ken Norton out of Miami. Carolina went almost total defense. They drafted a guy who maybe they're hoping could be their number one wide receiver in DJ Moore, and they're drafting, like I said, potentially the heir apparent to Greg Olson and Ian Thomas. Outside of that, it was defense. I think Carolina learned something. Holy sweet mother. <laughs> what does that mean for the world? Is the apocalypse coming now? Chicago drafts Roquan Smith. That's what I thought that they would do. They haven't been good in a very long time on defense, and a lot of that had to do with, in the middle of the defense, there was no concern at the linebacker position. Nobody to be concerned about, nobody to be to be shaking you in your boots, so to speak. Raquan Smith comes to them from Georgia, and he gives them an element right now, right away, to finally put something in the middle of that defense that might resemble what Soldier Field used to feel like when you played the Chicago Bears and then some. James Daniels, they draft him at the beginning of the second round to be their center, it looks like, here at out of Iowa. Then they get an, a steal in the second round, do a little trade here, and they get Anthony Miller out of Memphis, who I covered. Second round, 19th pick of the second round. Wide receiver out of the Memphis organization. 
and under some pretty damn good coaching with Mike Norvell most recently. Anthony Miller, I mean, I, I think this is a steal. Chicago now has 72 wide receivers, but it's, you know, dare I say it, Chicago, a team who seemed very easy to defeat in the past, is in recent past, now has a team where wide receivers are going to be fighting just to make the roster. We have Allen Robinson, who comes over from Jacksonville. Taylor Gabriel, who comes over from Atlanta. Kevin White, who has been injured the entire time he's been in the NFL, coming from West Virginia. And I pray and I hope the best for him. He came in in 2015. Benny Fowler, who's on the team, who is a free agent out of Denver. Joshua Bellamy, who came off waivers from the Redskins in 2014. So you look at this and you say, okay, Anthony, it's going to be Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, and Anthony Miller. Don't be surprised if Anthony Miller works his way to the second wide receiver spot, if not the first. Just don't be surprised. Because Allen Robinson is good. He's good. But Jacksonville almost made it to the Super Bowl completely without him last year. So Anthony Miller, just mark my words, could be the number two guy, maybe the number one guy in Chicago at the wide receiver position. I'm just saying. I'm just letting you know. Shout out to Delaware. Belial Nichols gets drafted defensive tackle from Chicago in the fifth round. I just like seeing talent come out of Delaware because I've seen Jerome Smith. I've seen Trevor Cooney. I've seen Zeke Johnson. Delaware, not too shabby. And all, you know, and, and we also, you know, look at the Michael Jordan of Delaware, Dante, or what, yes, uh, um, the the player that we had from Villanova that found his way into the hearts and minds of so many people and, and obviously is moving forward from Villanova into the NBA, Dante DiVincenzo, so another Delaware guy that you can look to for some for some appreciation of Delaware if you're looking to find some love for Delaware. Cincinnati in the first round said, we're going to get in our starting center out of Ohio State, Billy Price. Then after that, they got safety Jesse Bates out of Wake Forest. Jesse Bates the third, try and help them defensively because they struggle with that. Cincinnati not really stopping much of anybody. Then they get Sam Hubbard, a relative steal in the third round, 13th pick of the third round out of Ohio State at the defensive end position. They get Mark Walton out of Miami in the fourth round, Miami running back who had been hurt this past season. He heads to the team, and guess what, folks? It hasn't worked with Giovanni Bernard. Jeremy Hill is now with the Patriots. Hasn't really worked with Joe Mixon. If they can get things going, bolster up the offensive line, and these guys can improve, Mark Walton could really add to this backfield. It could be Mark and Mixon. We'll see. We shall see. They got a lot of picks, though. Andrew Brown, defensive end out of Virginia. They got a ton of picks in the fifth round. Devontae Harris, also in the fifth round, out of Illinois State at corner. Darius Phillips, out of Western Michigan, cornerback, who was coached by Tim Lester, friend of mine and the former offensive coordinator of the Syracuse Orange, who is now the Western Michigan head coach. And to look at, you know, what they got out in Tate out of Florida State in the seventh round. I don't know what it is about these late, late, late wide receiver picks coming out of the ACC. You get Austin Prohl, Ray Ray McLeod, Alden Tate, sixth and seventh round picks on these teams that were good teams. But, you know, I mean, some underperformance. Alden Tate didn't do anything crazy, but, you know, could be a relative steal. 
played in the ACC, played for Florida State, had to be somebody. Cincinnati's got him now. So it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do. But Cincinnati helping their defense and their, God forbid, somebody did the right thing, Cincinnati helping their offensive line and their defensive line in their first few picks. Cleveland is where I will end the day today because you know that I've had many a thing to say about Cleveland. But they picked Baker Mayfield with the first pick. You could have gotten Baker with the fourth, and you could have drafted Saquon Barkley with the first. You could have gotten Baker with the fourth, and you could, I mean, Baker Mayfield was going to be there, folks, okay? Baker was going to be there. You could have drafted Baker Mayfield. You could have drafted him seventh. You could have drafted him maybe tenth or eleventh. So whatever, but they needed him. They needed Baker Mayfield for whatever reason. The Cleveland Browns had to draft him first overall. Could have got him seventh. Could have gotten him anywhere. But we are talking about the Cleveland Browns. So they draft him first, which automatically proves to me that they're the Cleveland Browns. Then they went and got Denzel Ward, which again proves to me that they're the Cleveland Browns. Denzel Ward, arguably the number one cornerback in the draft. Not a four, not a top four pick. Not for Cleveland, because they didn't need it. Cleveland needed offensive line, defensive line, best player in the draft, Saquon Barkley, and a quarterback. They got Baker Mayfield from the pillow fight conference of the Big 12, who grabs his nuts and screams F you on national television. And, but Danny got hit in the head. Doesn't matter. If somebody hit me in the head, I'd be really pissed off, really upset. But I also have God in my life and God front and center. And I would never think in my life that after somebody hit me in the head to grab my balls and say, you know, suck on these or something like that. There's nothing inside of me that would do that. Nothing. There's something inside Baker Mayfield. Well, he's a competitor. Yeah, I'm a competitor too. I don't grab my balls in public. That doesn't make me a competitor. It makes me an animal. That's what it makes me. It makes me an animal. He's like, yeah, guys, what are you going to do about this, huh, grab my nuts? I mean, that doesn't make you a good quarterback. It makes you a nut job. But he's talented. That's what everybody said. Danny's talented. He's talented. He's so talented. He's, oh, my God, you're gonna, it's going to overlook everything because he's so talented. Character flaws cannot be overlooked, especially when you're a quarterback. I don't care who you are or what you do. If you have bad character, I don't want to be around you. So... I'm excited to see what Baker Mayfield's going to be. He's been compared to Russell Wilson of Seattle. I'm excited to see what he's going to do, what he's going to be. Immaturity, head of a team. Don't equal each other out. Okay? They don't. He has to be the most mature person on the team. Arguably, maybe he's coming in the least mature or in the top five least mature. So, I mean, I don't know what Cleveland has in their locker room every single day. But I don't agree with Baker Mayfield. First and foremost, if you really desperately wanted him, you could have gotten him at four. And Saquon Barkley was sitting there. And Denzel Ward with, again, no offense to Denzel Ward. Why are you drafting a corner? Why are you drafting a corner? Bradley Chubb is available. Quentin Nelson is available. Why are you drafting a cornerback? If you are freaking out at your pick, trade it. If you don't know what to do with it, let it go. 
But it's like... I don't get it. I really don't. I want to try to get it, but I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. They've made some good picks in the past. They've made some good moves. They didn't need a wide receiver. They didn't need a tight end. They didn't need a running back. But if you look at Saquon Barkley and say, okay, we have Duke Johnson Jr. who catches out of the backfield. He's not really a running back for us. He hasn't really played that way. Matt Days, I pray to Jesus that they give him some time because I think he's better than third string. Carlos Hyde, you just brought over. That's a good move. But So you could say to me, Dan, we didn't need him. We had depth. Okay, I understand. But Bradley Chubb is still available. Quentin Nelson on your offensive line is still available. Common sense, folks. There's availability. Their line is made up of free agents that are recent. Kevin... Kevin Zettler, right guard, free agent, Cincinnati. J.C. Treader, center, free agent, Green Bay. Chris Hubbard, right tackle, free agent, Pittsburgh, this year. So it looks like an expansion team. You're putting you're putting together a bunch of people that haven't played with each other as free agents. Well, they could be good. Well, that's nice. Quentin Nelson was available. Bradley Chubb was available on the defensive end. And you draft Denzel Ward. Why? For what? You have to be able to get the ball down the field. And then they got Austin Corbett, offensive guard. Okay, let's see what he could be out of Nevada. They got Nick Chubb. So, but here's here's my question. Here's my question. Here's my question. Listen, if if Cleveland said, Dan, we have depth at running back. We don't need a running back, so we're not going to draft Saquon Barkley. Why in the F did you draft Nick Chubb? What does Nick Chubb play? He plays running back. Okay. He's a running back. So why did you draft him? Well, we don't need wide receivers. Well, you drafted Antonio Callaway and Damian Ratley. So Cleveland, again, they make no sense. They have depth at wide receiver. They drafted two wide receivers. They have depth at running back. They didn't draft Saquon Barkley, but they drafted Nick Chubb. They brought in Tyrod Taylor, and they drafted Baker Mayfield, who's Johnny Manziel's personality and maybe a better quarterback Better mechanics, better whatever. He's a better quarterback, Dan. But the personality looks eerily familiar at times. So all the Cleveland Browns have shown me is that they maybe potentially have learned absolutely nothing in their history since they came back in 99. We'll take a step aside, wrap up the show in just a minute. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base 
for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. This is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. The Penn & Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Penn & Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family. If you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime, the Penn and Trophy Center, 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Today's show has come to a close, but we've only barely scratched the surface in the NFL draft analysis. As you know, we've only gotten to Cleveland, but there's many a conversation to have. On Tuesday's show, May 1st, hard to believe tomorrow is the beginning of May, But on Tuesday's show, May 1st, which is tomorrow for those of you listening live, we will be live with sports writer and a great friend of mine, Ross Turetsky from Northeast Pennsylvania. We will be, and he obviously from the Northeast and whatnot, and from the state of Pennsylvania, we'll be talking about Saquon Barkley. We'll be discussing his Jets, what he thinks about his team and how they drafted, and so much more as Ross will join me for a live draft discussion, and we will round out the show like we always do at the end at 10.50 a.m. Eastern Time with Ingredients to Success, proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company. And we will go from there into Wednesday's show with Eric Kroom, former Syracuse defensive lineman, former NFL defensive lineman, to give his thoughts on the draft on Wednesday, May 2nd morning, and plenty to come from there and maybe some other surprises. So in the meantime, join us on Twitter at CallDT, Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT, and on Facebook at WakeUpCallDT. DT. God bless you. Always find us on wakeupcalldt.com, which has the show archive, the Central New York tab to learn from the businesses in Central New York that you should go to that support you and you should support them with good people in the community supporting one another. We can do anything. So thank you very much to everybody. So check me out there. Become a member on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt and obviously have yourselves a phenomenal day. We'll talk to you soon.